and welcome to another episode of Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast, where we delve into the intersection of technology and social responsibility. Today, we have a remarkable guest with a unique perspective on fostering ethical practices within organizations. Julia is a self-employed leadership and organizational development coach with a, and a gestalt therapist. Her extensive experience and career uh, working with technical businesses has made her a true advocate for conscious leadership in the tech industry. Uh, we're excited to explore her insights and learn from her expertise. So without further ado, Yulia, it's uh, great to, to welcome you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. No Thank worries. you. No worries at all. So look, I, I'm keen to uh, to kind of sort of dive in. Um, I guess initially, or, or kind of sort of um, first off, it'd be good to kind of understand how your experience in the past, I know you've kind of um, had a, a kind of a varied a, a approach, I guess, throughout your career, starting off in recruitment, uh, and then kind of sort of moving more into kind of sort of what it is that you're doing now. Um, so it'd be good just to kind of understand how your experience in recruitment and then kind of sort of working with various businesses in the sort of tech for good space has led you to combine therapy and, and work in promoting ethical practices within organizations, really. Yeah, um, it's true. It's what I'm doing now. It's it's sort of a big shift in my career, which started about 2015, I would say. And before that, I was working in in recruitment. I had my own agency uh, in Eastern Europe, um, so I had this experience of what's it like to build some some business of your own and work with other people and be in a leadership position at a very young age, very unexperienced, with making you know obviously a lot of mistakes. Um, and I guess. The part of going into the coaching gestalt therapy came uh, through personal uh, difficulties. It's actually a lot of people start to go to therapy or to go to coaching when they hit a big roadblock, when they realize, oh my God, I, I just don't know how to deal with this on my own. And it's also how it started for me. And then I went into one training and another training and I realized the immense reward that is giving me and the benefit it has on my personal life um, and also I started to notice how my environment is noticing this change, how they start to react differently, how in work I am different, how my clients are different, how um, everyone that I get in touch with is, it's everything was just all of a sudden transformed and much more humanistic. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the relationship came to the foreground and became so much more important than the task. And it's funny because people think, oh, I need to focus on the task. And then, but the relationship helped to solve the task much faster yeah. and much better. So it was something definitely unknown. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, if people would knew this, that you can actually do business like this, that you can work like this with each other, it would take out so much stress from work. And that's how this idea came to me. How about I combine what I know and what I experience into the business world and work with people who want to be more conscious in their work, not just leaders, but anyone who wants to have more ownership and more responsibility in their lives, no matter what role they have in a company. Yeah, 
no, no, understood. And I guess then I wondered maybe if you could, um, and, and I think you kind of sort of touched upon it there, but I wondered maybe if you could kind of elaborate a little bit more on the importance of conscious leadership um, within the, the the tech industry or, or any industry really, I guess, and, and how it can positively impact both people and, and planet really, I guess. Yeah. So I'm asking this question quite frequently from people. Um, can you describe to me a leader that you really, really appreciate that you worked with was like your role model in leadership uh, or someone who made you also feel like you're valued and like gave you enough freedom to work and yeah. where you felt like you truly can excel and learn. And one of the common things that they describe is that this person really valued relationship. They really were focusing on treating people kind in a kind way, right? Yeah. And there is this concept that you can be tough on a situation and kind, still kind to the person. And it's something that is a part of conscious leadership because if you take care of the people that you are working together with and you're kind to them and you're acting from a place of how would I feel if I would be in your shoes and I would hear what I'm about to say, you know, if this check-in, this is already a conscious act, right? If I check in yeah. with myself before I do something, let's say something difficult, where you have to give a, a negative feedback or you have to like make a serious business decision. Can I do this in a way that I don't damage and hurt the other person yeah. while we still solve the situation in a humane and kind way? No one is losing face. No one is feeling, you know, defeated after it. And it's possible and it's working. And so this is one aspect of what good conscious leadership is, is, that you build really good relationships with the people that you work with, that you know how to listen, that you might not have all the answers, but you are maybe not swallowed by your insecurity, that you don't know it all, but you're not afraid to admit that, hey, I'm really, really not an expert in this. That's why you're here. Tell me how we should do this. You know, it's like you offer space and, and you, you don't swallow up the whole space around you just because you're, you know, you're the leader. Um, yeah, and just how you treat people in difficult situations. I think yeah. that's important. So when people start to experience this kind of uh, atmosphere, this dynamic, what happens is they start to act also like that. Yeah. So this is where the ethical things come into place because if, let's say, I want to be fair, right, and I want to be kind, then I can exercise this type of attitude to everyone I come in contact with, even outside of work. If I go to, I don't know, to some official office where I have to take care of something, can I look the person in the eye and say first, hello, good morning? Yeah. You know, it's that kind of things, small things which we think are so trivial, but they're not. Or I go to the supermarket and I'm buying something. Do you see how many people don't acknowledge the person who is, you know, scanning their product. They don't even look at them. They don't even say hello, nothing. And these small acts of kindness is like a ripple effect in our society as well. And I, I can tell you that person who sits there and someone looks at them and says, hi, good morning, or have a nice day, but they look them in the eye and they mean it, that has a positive impact. 
So it comes down to like so many layers, how you treat your children, how you treat your neighbor, how you treat, I don't know, a supplier or partner you work with, um, your clients, teams, team members in your client's company is, it can like reach everything and everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's, it's something that I can um, certainly understand, I guess. So, I mean, you know, for, throughout my career, I'd say I've kind of sort of had both types of, of uh, managers or, or leadership in terms of, you know, I've had the ones that, you, you know, you do feel more valued from and, and, and you do feel care. Um, and like you say, it is often down to those kind of sort of small uh, and trivial things um, and, and you know as, as, as we said that can really kind of sort of affect someone's ability to do the job at the at the, the, the highest level um, you know it can really uh, I guess encourage people uh, when you do feel kind of sort of valued and you know you have got that kind of sort of conscious leadership in place so yeah no something I can totally uh, understand um, I know we mentioned or, or, or sorry I mentioned before um about you kind of sort of being also not only um in this kind of sort of organizational development space but also uh a gestalt therapist um as well um i wondered if you know for the listeners if you could kind of sort of explain the concept of of what that is and its application in creating a more aware and more transformative um work environment and maybe kind of sort of provide a couple of examples of, of how this has been kind of sort of implemented in, in, in real life, I guess. Okay, I'll start by explaining a bit what, what the concept of, of gestalt therapy is. Um, it can be used the same way in coaching, it's the same in organizational consulting or organizational development as well. And you already said one of the most important keywords, awareness, because it all, all starts with awareness and sensation. Sensation comes from what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we touch. And it also comes from a very um, meaningful um, change in the body awareness. Do I start to notice what's happening in my body? So this is where it starts. Awareness and, and sensations. This is where we work mainly. That's a lot of the work we do because we want to map out what is the person's current reality. Because when you see clearly, and clarity is like another big keyword here, is because when you start seeing clearly, you notice different choices that you did not see before, simply because you just shift perspective and you see it from a different angle and it looks different, so you have different choices. When you have different choices, you have the power to make different decisions than before. And when you make a different decision, this is where you change things. And not the other way around. And I see, I think in many change management projects or in many um, um, maybe also forms of coaching or therapy, people come and say, I want to change. But whenever we start with change, we always start with resistance. And that's very Mm -hmm. difficult to work with. Very, very difficult to work with. And even if I come to you and I say, Tony, I want to change. When you start to change me, I will resist everything you do. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just the nature of how how we are yeah. but if I start with so for example let's say you go to a, you go to the doctor you have a health problem right you go to the doctor and the doctor looks what's what's the problem let's fix it and some people also come to therapy or coaching with the same mindset I have a problem right let's fix it and 
we don't do that. So we start always with, I hear that you have a problem, but can we start by looking at what is it that you're already doing well? Where are your strengths? And also very importantly, where is your support system? And then we look at the problem mm -hmm. because we need to make aware what you already have and what you're already doing well, because that's going to be a support for you along the process. And some people might think, yeah, but I know, I know what I'm doing well, or I know, okay, can we still look at it? You know, well, yeah, <laughs> and this, yeah. is, this is where you start to realize, oh my gosh, that's true. I, I am actually really good at this and I didn't see it this way before, you know, so you start to, have that different perspective and it starts to also impact the way you see your problem yeah and the way you want to approach your problem because it's also a choice how you want to approach your problem sure. so this is this is in a nutshell about the concept so it's about looking first at what's going well and then looking at for a potential for improvement and not the other way around and starting yeah. with awareness and then going to choice and decision and, and ultimately change rather than starting with change and fighting with resistance. Yeah. No, so that's, that's a bit um, the concept, but very, very, very briefly explained. Yeah. <laughs> I can go on for hours, but I know we have time limitation. Yeah. No. And, an and an application I can also tell you, for example, it's, um, for for any intervention or anything that a company wants to do, um, which is, it can be also a recruiting process. It can be an organizational development process where, let's say, a company wants to look at what are their values, what is their vision and the mission as a business. Um, and this is a longer process, right? So one case I worked on, we, we really started at looking at um, you know, kind of like doing a needs analysis report where we first look at three interviews. What is it that you already know about the values, the vision and the mission? So first we always map out what is the current reality? What do people think about this? And when you bring that information forth, then the team as a whole and the leadership has a choice of how we want to pro progress, how we want to proceed in coming to a common goal, a common vision, a common mission, how we want to define our values according to our own terms. So that's then where the collaborative process starts. And I work a lot with um, um, integration of learning. So it's very important at every session, every workshop that I have, for example, spending time on creating awareness of the awareness is very important. It's like, what did I learn today? What happened today? What did we do today together? And really summarizing it and and spending time on integrating it so it's really helpful when you work this way because it creates so much commitment from the team rather yeah. than you go in and you say we need to define uh, vision mission values uh this is how it's going to go down um you put the team in a presentation they listen to it they nod and then you're going to deal with resistance most of the yeah. cases where people say, I, I never was asked, I was never included, I was never, you know, consulted if I care about any of these things, so why should I comply? Yeah. We no. see it in many companies. Yeah. No, again, it's, it's, again, it's, uh, it's just quite interesting. I'm just now thinking back to uh, a business that I worked with where they went through kind of a, a quite a big, Organization, organizational change um, during my during my uh, tenure there, 
Um, and yeah, like you say, it was just met with huge resistance. Um, and yeah, it really took a, a long time actually to to kind of sort of iron all of that out and sort of get everyone singing from the from the same hymn sheet essentially. Essentially, so um, yeah, I can kind of sort of totally understand and uh, and also see how you know that process if had it been implemented early on in in, in that particular process um, would have I, I think would have made things go much much smoother. But um, but yeah, so you mentioned actually there um, quite interestingly um, about kind of um, company values and 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 that sort of stuff. Um, I wonder what, from your perspective, obviously, kind of sort of going through those sort of processes with various different clients and, um, you know, kind of understanding how that works. What challenges do you feel companies face when they are trying to scale their operations um, and, and generally their business while maintaining those kind of core values? Um, and, and how do you kind of sort of navigate I guess those challenges efficiently and effectively. One of the things I observe is when someone says we want to grow while maintaining our values is that they actually are not clear about their values and that's mm. a bottleneck in their in their process. Yeah. Maybe leadership knows, maybe they have that vision or the mission and the value clear and in many cases, there's no commitment from the team. So it's almost like you have people in a boat, but they're all rowing in different directions. Yeah. And what you want to do in these cases is make sure that people are in the same boat, heading towards the same direction. Because once you have clarity on the basics, you can have so much clarity on, because it's very deeply connected to the business strategy, right? Yeah. So what kind of people do we want to hire? You know, what are the competencies and skills that we need? These all come from a certain set of values, from a certain set of clarity. How we want to grow the team comes from that. What type of clients? How do we handle, you know, different situations? It's a lot of discussions happen in these, in these value discussions, so to speak, where yeah. we kind of set the stage of also how are we handling things when things are not going well? What do we do? You know, it's this, it's this kind of conversations that bring so much clarity that they start to open up the horizon instead of like the opposite is kind of causing more of a bottleneck in, in the growth and the development. And sometimes, you know, when companies hire very fast, if they don't have this all clear and they don't communicate it clearly, if HR, for example, doesn't know this clearly and they don't know how to communicate it with each and every candidate that they speak with, then how could they find people who resonate with this and who actually also care about this or want to be a part of this, who feel like this is what I'm looking for, this is what I can commit to? You know, when you have a team of people where they're actually, first of all, proud of what they're doing, that's what they, this is where they want to be for yeah. real, you know, not just yeah. I get a job, whatever, but like for yeah, real, yeah. this is where I want to be. This is my path. If it's for the next three years, it's for the next three years. If it's for the next five years, if it's for the next 10 years, doesn't matter. Do you have that clarity or not? That's, that's what yeah. matters. And then you know who you can count on for how long. And you can do amazing things together. And guess what? When crisis hits and you have this unity, right? This kind yeah. of commitment and this kind of unity, then you have a chance to get out of that 
crisis situation, which let's face it, every business has it multiple times in a year. So sure. you also from the outside, from the inside, it's, it comes. So yeah. those who have this in check have the chance to overcome it and to be more yeah. resilient as an organization. Because if you have resilient people, you have a resilient organization. So it yeah. starts again with the people and it starts with the leadership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting there as well. I think you, you kind of sort of mentioned a little bit, you touched upon the the work that you uh, do with uh, with HR teams uh, at times. Um, I wondered, like, how do you assist in the sort of training and, and mentoring of HR departments to adopt more conscious practices, especially in areas like employee well-being and organizational culture um, as we know both those things are, are really really important to uh, to the strength of a business I guess so yeah I just wondered if you maybe you could kind of sort of um, highlight any kind of sort of particular areas particular areas in that space um, this year I started a mentoring program for uh, human resources professionals well, and I teach them Gestalt methodologies that they can apply specifically to their roles. Okay. So the first group is graduating soon. Okay. Nice. <laughs> and uh, we've been talking a lot about what matters to them. And it's so interesting because it's very, a lot of the things are very much connected to the well-being, employee well-being, uh, employee experience. So a lot of the work that they have is so much connected with what these practices can support in. So we're going through some basic concepts and always we're translating that to their daily work, always giving examples and also challenging them in how would you handle this? So there's a bit of a, bit of a blended learning concept, I would say, where there's a one thing, a mentoring program where you learn some also some theory. It's also very much on experience based. And there's also a coaching element included. So for example, because every time you learn something new, you need some time until you integrate it and you know how to use it in different situations. Sure. So it's this coaching element helps a lot in where, okay, we're facing the situation. How would you, how, what should we do? And then we always go, so how would you do it? Okay, yeah. this is what I would do. That's great, actually. Do it. Or yeah. that's great. Can you? Did you think of adding maybe this or that to this element? So it's it's um, yeah, it's very very nice. It has a good impact. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and we're measuring everything. So in my work, I also measure my coaching uh, process on an individual. When I work on one on one, we measure growth and progress, and also we look at how this this change impacts the business itself. And we also measure it on a group level. Oh, cool. So the work that is done is being measured before and after in terms of employee engagement, you see uh, very clearly the results and the data. Um, and we measure it on a monthly basis. Cool. Well, look, I, think, I think that's um, about what we, what we have uh, time for today. So really appreciate um, you coming on the show. Um, we've had Thank some you. really incredible insights today on 
on how to infuse um, you know, conscious leadership, ethical practices, and also the uh, transformative power of the Gestalt uh, therapy into the heart of organizations. Um, it's really clear, obviously, that your uh, approach has the uh, potential to bring out significant positive change for both companies and, and their employees as well. So again, thank you so much for, for joining us um, and, and kind of sort of enlightening your experience on this episode of Tech Talks, the, the People and Planet podcast. Um, uh, as you. always, uh, if you have enjoyed the, the, the conversation, then please give us a, a, a like, share and, uh, and subscribe. And um, we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, with more uh, insightful discussions. So thanks again. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us, uh, Ilya. It's been, uh, it's been great speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.